Welcome to Under the Blanket. And this is your host, Baba, here, love. And here we are in the eternal now. And I have a, a special guest host with me, Matthew. And, you know, Matthew, people come to me and they often say, what is reality? Now, people don't ask me that question, but it'd be cool if I was walking down the street and people were like, hey, do you know what reality is? So, no, that doesn't happen to me. But it would be cool if I was walking down the street and people were like, hey, do you know what reality is? So I'm going to ask you, Matt, what is reality? Thank you, Eric, Baba, love. <clears throat> well, I like to start with the word that is in reality. <clears throat> and the word that the root word of reality is real. And a lot of times when we are born into this world and we go through our culture, go through parenting, society and everything else, we are actually taught what is what what is real and we're taught what is real from other people's ideas about what is real, such as the physical situations that we are that our mind is projecting. <clears throat> but I would like people to actually question the entirely what they think is real and here's what i mean by that <clears throat> when you take a look at the nature of all experience all thoughts all experience all emotions you'll see that every single last thought experience and emotion is coming and going that by the time you call it anything by the by the time you say <clears throat> this is the way that reality is, it's already changed. So because the only constant in the world, in the way that your mind is projecting it, the only constant is change, you cannot actually pinpoint precisely in any single experience that you're projecting as real. And what I mean and the way that I define re what is real is what is actually constant. And what is constant is what is. And so the only way to truly know that everything is changing as opposed to believing it is to look right before your very eyes right now. Look at everything around you and ask yourself, does that wall stay the same? Of course not. It's breaking down as we speak. It's getting older. It's rotting. It will come and go. Does the bed, does the mirror, does any of this stuff precisely stay here? And the question is no, because everything that your mind is projecting is coming and going, will birth and will death. But what is watching that change? And what is watching that change, what is watching that constant change, is what is, isness, thisness, presence. This is the reason why I know that everything that the mind is project, projecting is changing, not because I believe in it. And that is what reality is. Timeless, eternal, never changing reality. Oh, absolutely. We're on the same page. Uh, I would call that the absolute reality. 
Correct. And, uh, and what I call like things like the physical plane the, uh, that constantly is changing, like you were describing, yep. that is a relative reality because, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you, you know, we still got to pay our bills. We still got to see right. that the fire burns us and, you know, mm-hmm. we don't want to jump into the fire. It's all one. Yeah, I'm going to jump in the fire. Woo! <laughs> you know, like, no. So we have, I feel that's a relative reality, but it doesn't, right. it's constantly changing. So it doesn't have yep. the absolute reality that's timeless, spaceless presence that's yep. eternal, that never dies. It was mm-hmm. never born either. You know, right. it's, it's forever. It's in all form and all that. And form is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I remember growing up, like you were saying about growing up and, you know, everybody would like would say, don't the real world, the real world, get back to reality. Right. They were talking about what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. They were talking about like my name and, you know, getting a job and school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's important, I think, to balance. So we have to anchor ourselves in that absolute reality, that presence right here, right now, and be mindful, bring that presence to all the relative realities of the physical plane, the astral plane, the causal plane. And, you know, the more our mind clings to a form in the way it is at that moment, and instead of, you know, letting our mind just, just be and just not cling to this, all this passing phenomenon, I think it's the key to escaping from suffering. What about you? How do we escape from the suffering inherent in form? Absolutely. Well, I find it interesting because I think that a lot of people, if they are falsely identified with the mind, if they are falsely identified with the thoughts, then they will tell you and they will go to the grave with the fact that there is no absolute reality because quote unquote, everybody's on their own journey. But actually, everybody is not on their own journey when it comes to the absolute form because there is no journey back to the now. You're already here. You're on the journeyless journey back to now. And so if you're identified with the mind, which, by the way, is the root cause of suffering, to answer your question, because essentially what you're doing, not doing, but what what you think that you're aware of your 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 whole identity of who you are has literally merged with what is changing. And that's why as time is passing in the relative world and situations are occurring occurring and you look in one, two, five, ten years and you ask yourself where time went, it's because you were not able to see as a result of being changed of being able to actually witness that change was happening right before your eyes. But because you merged with it, your whole identity was merged with it, you couldn't actually see that things are changing right before your eyes. You're literally, your your whole identity is, is in a similar way, one with dreaming. It's like being caught inside of a dream, not realizing that you're dreaming. Because literally right before my eyes, everything is changing. It is change. It's even it's even too much to say that it's changing. It's change itself. And because I've merged with it, I've also merged with samsara, which is that everything you will gain, you will lose materially, experientially, 
everything that you gain in the material world in the form of pleasure, right? In the form right. of I'm having fun, in the form of, yay, I got my new car, yay, I got my new um, my new home, my new whatever, new thing that you get that gives you pleasure. If your identity is merged with that as who you are, once that experience of that pleasure, that high, that sugar, that salt high goes away, then samsara comes in and you suffer now. Whereas if you know without question and without belief that you are that which does not change, then you can have more fun in the world knowing that everything passes and that nothing can give you what you already are. And that's freedom. All right. So I have a question for you. So, so sure. I remember in Buddhism, there's a particular sutra. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah. it was a sutra of a householder. He was married and had a worldly life. But according to the story, he was enlightened like you are. And, uh, you know, he was living his life and uh, not identified with his mind. And just being right here, right now, and uh, not suffering. And he uh, was known to have said, nirvana is samsara. Now, I interpret that, maybe you will disagree, I interpret that as once you enter into nirvana and you're free from suffering, then you come back into form and you merge into the dream, but you're aware it is a dream while in the dream, and thus you are free of suffering. And you're able to relieve the suffering of others. So what do you think of the statement in this sutra that I found very yeah. profound? Nirvana mm-hmm. is samsara. Right. Which basically, in a nutshell, is saying that. Would, would you? So my next question for you is, would you say that samsara is suffering? If it, 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 suffering is inherent in form. And so, so, samsara, the illusion of uh, rebirth constantly coming back into this form and that right. form, there's suffering in that. So I'd say suffering has, yeah, I'd say that would be the first noble truth of the Buddha. Buddha said, life is suffering. That's just mm-hmm. the way it is. You know, you have something in the world, you lose it, all that kind of stuff. You're going to have pleasure, pain, pleasure right. doesn't last, and all that kind of stuff. So it's just built mm-hmm. into the system. Right. But it's not suffering if you have attained nirvana and come back into samsara with that, that sort of the bodhisattva role. But, you mm-hmm. know, these are like we're, these are just words pointing to it, like right. Zen masters would say. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess that's how I would uh, communicate huh? it. What about you? Well, to me, it sounds to me like it's another way of saying in Buddhist terms that emptiness is form and form is emptiness. But empty of what, though, is the question we have to ask ourselves. Empty of what? And to me, what emptiness is, is empty of ideas, thoughts, emotions, experiences, me, right? My whole identity, which is built from the past, empty of all form. But then the paradox is, is that form is also emptiness. And that's just like another way of saying yin and yang and zen, and that Literally everything you're looking at with the mind is also that same presence. And the the reason why we know that without belief is because the bed I'm currently looking at 
when you go down to the very smallest particle of the bud, it's made of space. And that space is what I am. And that space that I am is emptiness. So even though my mind is projecting that bed to be a bed that is sitting there, that bed is still the same space that I am. So what that means to me in, in regards to nirvana is that if you're suffering right now, right, you literally, and in, in not even before the next second hits the clock, can flip that 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 suffering literally into nirvana and before the next second just at the snap of a finger all of a sudden you can wake up out of suffering out of identification with mind out of identification with form and that samsara or suffering can literally be transmuted into nirvana well were they the same Relatively, no, but in the absolute sense, yes, because nothing is different. That is beautiful. Uh, you know, I feel like right now you are my guru, and Be Here Now says everybody <laughs> is the guru when you know how to listen. So I was trying to mindfully listen to what you said. And while you're saying that, it's funny because I'm literally watching my stomach be hungry. And that might, for one of my listeners, they'd be like, what? watching your stomach be hungry aren't you just uh-huh. hungry no because i'm disidentifying with my form so i'm sitting in this place inside myself watching my spacesuit mm-hmm. crave food as hunger so i am not suffering but my body is hungry it this spacesuit wants to go have uh-huh. a pizza but i i am not that desire that desire is just there Mm-hmm. And I'm just witnessing it. And I find that when I witness the desire, it doesn't matter if I go get the pizza or not get the pizza, you know, or I go eat the something healthy or I don't eat something yeah. healthy. I just sit there and watch my stomach be hungry. And yep. here now it says we could always starve together if we're backstage in the here and now. So uh, <laughs> for anyone, my listener, someone might be listening out there, Matt, who's really you know, hung up right now and they're thinking about something. Like, what would you say to them when they're just like saying, you know, being very cynical about what we're talking about? Yeah, I understand. Well, one thing that I was uh, reading this ebook uh, was called the Zen of Advaita. And it was, uh, it was, Basically, Nisargadatta Maharaja's teachings in the form of... I know him. Yeah, go on. I, lo- I just love him. I had that shout out. He's great. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right? Isn't he amazing? Okay. Nisargadatta? I feel like he just showed up when you said that, so... <laughs> yeah, man. <clears throat> what he basically says is that because form is all relative everybody's brain that to me is basically like saying everybody's already this presence right yeah but because of the way that their brain is so much relatively different from one person to the next that our brains will not let us compute the fact that we're already here it's too simple right (laughs) you guys man you are so on my wavelength i love you 
if our brain is too uh <laughs> if our brain is like has been too conditioned then then it won't be able to see the immediate uh it may not be able to see the immediate fact that it's already here right that you're already here uh because it's too simple and so what he basically was saying is that a lot of times Nisargata Maharaj would find out where that person, relative person is <clears throat> in regards to their journey, how they think, how they feel, how they act, and then he would work with that. So what I would say, if, if, we, were, if we were just trying to apply to the, the basic human being at a very fundamental basic level, irregardless of where they are, um, relatively, I would first ask them, when is the last time that you thought that you were here, okay, and that this present moment is perfect just as it is? That's my first question for them. My second follow-up question is, when is the last time that you have paid attention to your breath? The very thing that gives us life, right? When is the yeah. last time? And what I will find most of the time is most people say, I, I don't remember ever doing that. And I'll be like, wow, isn't it mind-blowing the fact that you wouldn't even be alive if it were not for this very breath right now? And you don't recall paying attention to the thing that gives you life? Right. Uh, yeah, that's a, a very powerful mindfulness technique. Is a good go-to when you're in a body mm -hmm. is the breath. I mean, it's just so simple. You people don't think, you know, a lot of, I just, I just had a previous episode with uh, Orion who's, you know, he's hung up on psychedelics being so powerful and mm -hmm. EMT and all. And just, that's how you get spiritual, blah, blah, blah. And oh. I was kind of making fun of him because, you know, the breath is, I'm not knocking psychedelics. They're a powerful method. They can work for some right. people to a certain extent. But mm -hmm. what about this breath? You know, like, right. you know, I was saying things like that. And he's like, ah, yeah, yeah. But you haven't done DMT, blah, blah, blah. No, yeah. just settle down, dude. And just pay attention to one breath. And you'd be surprised. <laughs> just one single breath, one conscious awareness breath. <laughs> and that could just send you flying into the here and now. <laughs> where you're just blissed out. And you're like, well, you don't have to score with the special person in New York City to get the special chemical and the blah, blah, blah. That's it, I'm not knocking those powerful medicines, but come on. Like, mm -hmm. you you have to admit this. Isn't the breath the most one of the most powerful methods? Because we it's always have it available. I was just in Sat Chidananda earlier, bro. And I'll just sit inside my workouts with my music on. Because music actually does. Uh, music helps me because I don't listen to music when I'm present. I feel it. I, I'm, I almost... I almost merge with it in a way with obviously, no, I'm not that music, but I'll just sit and I'll just like, I'll get high off of the breath. Yeah. I'll, I'll seriously, I'll, I'll be like on ecstasy on the breath. Yes. This and what is the correlation? don't understand this. They, they really think if you go up to someone and say, yeah, you, you know, you really right. focus on a breath, you could get into these states of consciousness. You know, yep. first of all, people that haven't been to this stage of consciousness don't understand. But people that right. get through it through psychedelics, they just a lot of them just get hung up on that method. I mean, the whole book yeah. they hear now is about Ramdas getting up, hung up on that method 
not dissing that method now, but eventually he had to, you know, start to experiment with meditation and his breath, you know, because yep. it's always available while you're in the body is the breath. Always. Yes. And and when you really think about <clears throat> and I honestly when you stop thinking about how the breath and the present moment correlate without the present moment being an idea, right? An idea in the mind because you don't want the present moment, you don't want the self, the supreme self, the absolute to become an intellectual idea, right? Right. So what the breath actually does is it cuts through all belief and you get to direct knowing. And when you're in that direct knowing, that can be your doorway into the absolute right here. Absolutely. I, you know, this. I thought of a memory of one time I was checking you out on Facebook Live and you were just sitting there and you weren't saying a word. And I loved it. I absolutely mm -hmm. loved it because I could just feel your presence of just being here right now and i was just getting off on your vibes mm. and uh just being with you watching you just sit there and you know i imagine some people are turned off by it because they want to hear all this intellectual yep. you know the great self and you know all that kind of stuff and poetry and all that but mm -hmm. you know people that are have quieted their mind a little bit can pick up on the fact that you're really being present you know in a video like that Yes, absolutely. And really, it goes back to the Tao that can be spoken cannot be the eternal Tao, right? The eternal Tao. Yes. They need to understand that they cannot understand that they know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's got such a cosmic humor to it, doesn't it? Where these people that came up with these uh con spiritual concepts and words, they were just sitting really here now and just like this, yeah. just making up with jokes, you know? Right. Just everything looking at everything is like the biggest, funniest joke of all time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really and and honestly, that's why the Buddha laughed. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, but before you get to that stage, I really feel you have to accept the first noble truth that life is suffering. Uh, we can't get out of the suffering if we, we can't get free if we think we're free. You know, there's a lot of people walking out thinking they're already free. You know, they yeah. meditated enough. They've done a psychedelic or they are in some religion and they're mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm free. They're just sitting there going around thinking that they're free. And that is the very thought that is keeps imprisoning them. Yeah, well, there's a few there's a few interesting complexities complexities to that. The first one is I wouldn't actually say life is suffering. I would say it's your false ideas about what life is. So you're one-upping the Buddha, are you? <laughs> <laughs> now go on, go on. I just had to add that in for humor value. <laughs> Well, yeah, because, you know, Eckhart Tolle talks about how, like, you are not, you don't have a life, right? You are life. And that sounds very abstract when actually it's actually very, it's actually the most concrete thing because it isn't a thing, right? Right. Uh, presence isn't a thing. Space consciousness isn't a thing, but you know it. And so that's the first thing I would say is that <clears> – <throat> and then the second part of that is that this whole idea of freedom, I never hear anybody talk about freedom and 
uh, unless they're talking about our human rights on an external level. Right. That's usually what the term means. Exactly. Mm hmm. Because I was actually looking at this Malcolm X quote earlier and it said, you cannot have peace unless you have your freedom. And what that told me when I read that is that it was coming from an individual individualistic standpoint of freedom, your freedom as opposed to just freedom. It's interesting you bring up Malcolm X because he did have a, a very spiritual experience when he went to Mecca. He um but, you know, they circle this rock or something and, you know, he was feeling very solemn and he looked around and he felt the omnipresence of Allah and he was very present, I imagine. And, you know, he got beyond all that human rights struggles and, you know, the the struggles of the, the oppressed class of African-Americans and all that, which mm -hmm. is a heavy thing. And he was seeing this white man in particular that he had so much hatred for and who could blame him? He is face so much oppression right but he saw the white man just being like a like a decent man and just like mm -hmm. praying to allah and just being mm -hmm. present and he he had this realization that we're all one at that moment and that changed his life he went back and he re he left the nation of islam he recounted mm -hmm. that he, he got really spiritual mm -hmm. he he started to accept white people into the organization uh to a wow. certain extent and then he was shot uh at that point it was a year before he was shot that he made this transformation and uh he his message was of mm -hmm. unity and peace of all the races and mm -hmm. it had a spiritual part to it and uh you know so yeah maybe he said that quote before that happened you know uh perhaps um that's an interesting story um and i will tell you this that there are some some minds out there that are so hell bent on being an individual and being what they experience that they will go do things like um smashing the spikes into jesus's head and yeah. then upholding onto their illusion yeah it's true you know yeah. um and that's why you see a lot of people who have made great positive change in this world get shot you know, Martin Luther King. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It, it, it's like you're making too much of a positive change. Then it's almost like you have more coming against you in terms of the mass unconsciousness. It's it's very better to uh, make a change under the radar, you know. If you're he, Martin Luther King, you know. I understand that I, I get it, but at the same time, it's hard to really make a real change. Well, what we have working for for us, you know what I'm saying, is that like you don't even need to 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 try to make a revolution happen just to see change happen in the world. You can just simply be here. Yeah, and Matthew, we're reaching the end of the show, so I want to, and I thank you all for being here on Under the Blanket. And I'm going to read a, a, a quick page from Be Here Now, and then Matt could end it. Um, I'm going to just read this. Okay. Drama is drama is drama is drama. Desire is drama. Thought is drama. Breathing is drama. Emotions are drama. All form is drama. It's all part of the drama. I have no scruple of change, nor fear of death. I was never born, nor had I parents. What does that mean? What it means is you go back, not for the fun of it, 
you are for the powers involved. You go back to be who you really are, and who you are turns out to be spirit. And everybody, I hope you're right here down in a good heart space. And Matt, take us out with some final words of wisdom. Nice. Uh, what I would say is every single time you begin to feel irritated inside, agitated inside, stressed out with anxiety, uh, tension, always, and I mean never, ever feel guilty for going through pain. Never, ever think that you should not be going through pain. No matter what, use your pain as the doorway into this thoughtless awareness presence of observation that you can feel on a cellular level that you do not believe in. Every single time I go through pain, I watch it. I know I am not that pain. And thus, I have the choice to transmute it directly into presence. And the quickest, most direct way into presence is to bring your attention from your mind into your breath. Feel and be directly aware of the inhale and the exhale and remain here. And your pain will, will fall away on its own naturally like the seasons coming and going.